Hello and welcome to the Motivation Method podcast with me, Rob Burkhead. And me, Ben Hughes. We are the co-founders of Trinity Transformation and you can join our Trinity Lifestyle Plan at trinitytransformation.co.uk. In today's episode, we're going to talk about breaking out of a downward spiral. So sit back and relax and welcome to today's Motivation Method podcast. First of all, let's get each of our takes on a downward spiral. So what, what would you say is a downward spiral, Ben? Like what kind of things do you see in the people we coach or maybe even yourself? Um, I would say whatever you're trying to achieve, you'll be on the way to some sort of goal, whatever that goal is. It's those times when all of the things you need to be doing on a daily basis to get to your goal suddenly go out of the window. You start self-tabotaging, you go completely off track and you just seem to make things worse and worse and worse and worse for yourself, but not be able to kind of turn it around and dig yourself out of that hole. Yeah, that's basically it. Just something will usually trigger it as well. So someone could do something to you. You could have a bad day at work. You could have a glass of wine. You could have a, something that's off plan or whatever. There's always something that starts it off generally. Uh, although it can kind of, I guess it can happen through laziness as well, or like lack of commitment, you slowly start sliding. But for most people, there's like a, there's a trigger that starts off this downward spiral. So Ben, do you ever get downward spirals? I want to see if you ever find that with your fitness. or with I think I'm, I'm constantly in a downward spiral in at least one area of my life in some way. I think there's yeah, kind of point. there's different sort of levels to it. So I mean, if I'm thinking about my workouts, for example, at the moment I'm being pretty consistent with my workouts. But I'd say a month ago, I was struggling to get as, in as many workouts in as I wanted to get in because I like to get four in a week. I was probably getting two to three in a week, and I seemed to be stuck in this pattern of only managing two to three a week. It was like laziness, or I'd be too busy, or I'd be too tired. I'd always have some sort of excuse, and I was struggling to dig myself out of that pattern. Um, but then you, you've got like, there's that side of things. So for example, workouts are going really well for me now. I'd say my nutrition is not going the best it possibly could. Cause I'm, you know, I'm having maybe a few too many um, junk food kind of meals, letting too much bread creep into my diet. So I think it's, there's always a balance. There's always gonna be one area, which is kind of some areas which are not going that well and some areas which are going really well. The key is it's like, it's a balancing act. So you always need to know how to get out of a downward spiral in whatever area is not really working for you because you're always gonna have those areas that are slipping. It's like, it is like spinning plates or I don't know, juggling a number of different items. You're always gonna have to continue to work at it at some level because I think naturally for some reason as humans, we naturally just end up in these downward spirals. Yeah, that's a really good point, actually. That like we 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 have these really we'll come on to expectations. We have these really high expectations, and then a lot of us get kind of make the downward spiral worse when things don't match our expectations. So when we're like we should be able to stick to this every week, but I'm slipping and I'm going off track, and then we say, "Oh, this doesn't this isn't right. I shouldn't be off track at all. I shouldn't be ever going into a downward spiral." 
in my experience, like you're always going to go into a downward spiral, as you said, in one area of your life, maybe even more areas. Sometimes all areas of your life go into a downward spiral. And there's a really good um, analogy for what tends to happen with this in, well, it's actually a, it's not an analogy, is it? It's like um, a demonstration, I guess, in the Debbie Ford book that we love, Why Good People Do Bad Things, uh, where she talks about how, how this downward spiral tends to get worse because we beat ourselves up when it happens uh, because we think we shouldn't shouldn't be having this happen in the first place. And what she does is she's on stage and she's, well, she's dead now. <laughs> she would have been on stage and coaching people. And she'd have this little baby doll. I really want to do this at our events because I think it's such an amazing demonstration of, of what we're like. And we have this amazing, this, this perfect baby doll and it's sat there, we sit it on a chair and then we start to talk to the baby doll like we might talk to ourselves in our head when things start going wrong. We go, I'm going to make this podcast explicit at this point because there's no other way. <laughs> you go, you fucking idiot. You fucked up. You're stupid. You're dumb. You don't know what the hell you're doing. You're lazy. You're a piece of shit. You're fat. You're gross. You're worthless. And we say all these things. Like, I think you'd only be lying if you're listening to this and you've never said something like this to yourself at some point. And some people have this worse than others, but I, I know for with myself, if I slip up, I start sometimes making these comments to myself very subtly. I start sort of hearing this little voice in my head and I start saying, you're not good enough. You're going to fail. You're a failure. You're pathetic. You're, you're useless. You might as well just give up. There's no point even trying. And in this demonstration, she'll talk to the baby, or she did, and would say all these things. And she'd be whacking it against the chair as well, like beating the, the crap out of this little baby doll. Not a real baby. And the arm would like fall off and the eyes would be like coming out and she'd be saying all this and saying, you little bitch, you little bitch, you're useless, you're a little slut, you're worthless, you're ugly, you're fat and just be smacking it, beating it up and up and up. And then she'd sit it there, look at it and go, have a great day, go out there, you can achieve anything you want. You can be great, you can, you can achieve whatever you set your mind to, go and have a great day. This is kind of what a lot of us do to ourselves. I thought this was amazing when I read that because I was like, this is ridiculous. Because I tend to think, oh, maybe beating myself up is actually serving me. Maybe it's making me stronger and maybe it's making me go out there and achieve stuff and achieve more. But the reality is it's just brutal. Like when you look at it at that baby, you think there's no way that that baby's going to believe the crap you tell yourself. Oh, you can do anything you want. You can be great. You can achieve anything if also... There's those little voices saying that, but there's a million more bigger voices saying you're not good enough, you're worthless, you can't do it. You've messed up so many times you'll never be able to succeed. Your genetics will hold you back. And I think this is one of the biggest issues with the downward spiral is the way that we like talk to ourselves in our head um, and view ourselves. I don't know what if you've got anything to add to that then, but like, what, what, what would you say are good ways to tackle that? Because... I know we've done a lot of work mindset wise on ourselves and with our clients around these kind of these thoughts. I would say um, that the kind of things that you tell yourself in your head, they're not always, it's not always like words. It's sometimes just like a feeling that you get as well. Yeah, yeah, that's true. Like a feeling of disgust or I've definitely had that before. I've done things yeah. I'm really embarrassed about and I feel like just dis literally disgusted at myself and furious at myself but your mind has this kind of like it's like a non-verbal kind of communication about yourself point. but it's kind of it's not always as obvious as as 
as you would imagine. So sometimes you, you know, you'll get this feeling and you can just kind of ignore it. So even if your mind is telling you all these bad things, you don't necessarily consciously realize how you're treating yourself. You just kind of, it happens and then you just kind of ignore it. Like, that's, that's fine. Just kind of pretend it's okay. Like you said, like, oh, go and have a, you know, you can do anything, go and have a good day. You just feel like, oh, it'll be fine, you know. I'll, I'll be all right. And then you just kind of go about your business. Yeah, you read some like motivational quotes on Instagram or maybe you post one yourself being like, this is great, yeah. But the this, this stuff that's going on under, under the surface, as I've said before, is is really where you've got to focus your attention, isn't it? Like you, the surface yeah. level stuff is usually not not the problem or the solution. What I tend to find though with this is what we do at our unstoppable event and we're now rolling this out into even our online programs with our next challenge the black box challenge is that you need to learn to question these thoughts because these thoughts become sort of like almost like habits or as you said ben like they're not even always thoughts it's more like feelings about yourself that you need to kind of dig deeper into and thinking you know i'm a failure i've, I've failed and things like that yeah, because often we believe these things to be true without even questioning them. And what we've found is your thoughts have a direct effect on your feelings. And then those two things combined will then lead to you taking certain actions. Like if you have a thought that leads you to feel demotivated and like you failed, then what are the actions you're going to take? This is a kind of a process that we like to teach because often we don't link this do we we think oh we just need to get back on with it we just need to pull ourselves together we just need but if our thought processes are these habits that are ingrained in ourselves this is what we find with a lot of people is they're ingrained and i've had this and ben's had this that when you do something let's say you eat something you feel like you shouldn't have immediately if you feel like you failed and that you expect yourself to be perfect and then you beat yourself up over it the feeling is I've failed. The action you take from that is I give up or I start again next Monday or I completely give up and quit. Like you won't believe the number of times we um, help to help people out who've, who've literally made one little slip up. They've had a piece of cake at work or maybe even had a bad day, but then they've given up on the entire week. So I yeah. think a big part of this is like the unrealistic or perfectionist kind of expectations of themselves. Like Ben, it sounds like you've got something to add. Like what would you say about this? about what you just said i was speaking to one of our clients yesterday on um, a coaching call that we did um terry and she was saying the problem with this like perfectionism mindset as well is let's say you fail at the start of a day at whatever it is your nutrition for example let's use nutrition as an example so you go off track with whatever you're supposed to be doing you, your calories go over by lunchtime if you're if you're aiming for a certain calorie target if you're in this kind of perfectionist mindset where it's like nothing except perfection is good enough, then you're kind of like, well, I've failed now. I may as well eat two, three tubs of ice cream, a bucket of KFC chicken, um, fish and chips, and a curry, and a chocolate cake, and a two bottles of wine, because I've already failed. So if I'm gonna fail, I may as well fail spectacularly. Yeah, or do what I want, or make myself feel a bit better for failing, I guess. Yeah. Yeah, it's really, really common, that one, to be like, it can be such a small thing as well, like you said, like, oh, I haven't had my green smoothie this morning. The day's ruined. This is, yeah. That's something we do with our members. Or I'm trying to think of other examples. Um, I missed my workout this morning. 
therefore like the days have failed and people can even expand that can't they like quite often we'll expand that to the entire week we'll be like today was so bad the whole week's like also probably ruined the whole week's a failure i may as well give up and then you go on a, a binge for the whole week yeah and the reality is like the, the most crazy thing is we we see ourselves as i don't know why maybe it's all the magazines and things putting out these perfect images or maybe it's very strict diet but we we think we have to be perfect to succeed and the reality is that we see with our clients is the people who succeed are not those that are perfect but those that just focus on getting a little bit better each week progressing yeah. and then getting back on track as quickly as they can nice yeah tone. i think there's a lot that's my mom in the other room she's that's all right it's not that what she's doing um i think there's a lot to be said for just kind of self-compassion so realizing that it's okay for you to mess up. You are going to mess up all the time. You're never, ever going to do anything perfectly in life. It's always Things are always going to go wrong. They're always going to be slightly imperfect. So if you can learn to accept that you're going to mess up, but that's okay, that's a really big step. So um, I don't, I th- also, when you look at this kind of all this mindset work, like thinking like, oh, you've got to learn to, you know, be more compassionate to yourself, be nicer to yourself. It can be very easy to kind of dissociate that from what from the the fitness goal or whatever it is you're trying to achieve. You think like, well, that's obviously not related to anything in terms of my fitness. And I used to do this with everything, with like business, with relationships, with um, fitness. I wouldn't recognize that this kind of mindset stuff and how I felt about myself had a massive impact on all of that. I'd have mentors tell me like, oh, if you don't understand yourself, if you're not like, if you don't know who you are and you don't like yourself as a person then you're not going to succeed in any other areas of life. But just as an example, this morning I had breakfast with my girlfriend. She cooked me a delicious omelette. It was fantastic. And then after she made it, I decided I was going to wash up. So I grabbed the saucepan, frying pan, whatever it was. I was washing up the frying pan in the sink. And then she said to me, she was like, you know, you should just put that in the dishwasher. There's no point washing it up in the sink. And then my initial reaction in my head was like, I, I would have turned that into an argument. If you rewound, rewound time a couple of years, when I hadn't done any of this mindset work, I would have got offended by it. I would have felt hurt. I would have been convinced that she was telling me I was useless and I was doing everything wrong. Um, but the reality is she wasn't. She was trying to be helpful. Whereas, and I was only able to make that distinction because my internal kind of self-dialogue in my head now is much more like, um that I am you know I'm I have a much higher kind of opinion of myself so I can easily reason like okay she was just trying to be helpful I also didn't do anything wrong what I was doing was fine she wasn't trying to there was nothing to what she was saying other than she was just trying to help me out with the thing I was doing and save me the effort and so I was just completely fine just didn't react in any way I was like okay thanks and I'm guessing it's also like the, the daily meditation we do, the questioning of your thoughts that you've learned to kind of not just be emotional. Everything. Yeah. Like that, the process I went through then kind of described like, you know, she said that thing, I got a certain feeling and initial reaction and my brain started, you know, coming up with all of these crazy stories that weren't really true. Um, through like the process Rob was saying, so questioning all your thoughts, uh, meditating, all of that, it's now like it it's like slowing it down in slow motion so like i see these thoughts coming into my mind i kind of process through them and think like are these is this really true is this really how it is 
oh no, it's fine, it's actually all right. Kind of slow down the process and then react differently rather than like the thoughts come in. You take those thoughts to be gospel and then react immediately. And this uh, is how, how we used way. to live our life, right? And this is how most exactly, people do. Yeah. And like in the in terms of someone who's dieting, it would be like that thought initially comes into your head. You know, you've you've failed the week, you're worthless. And then if you immediately act on that, you're going to be like, oh, okay, fine. Walk over to the freezer, get a tub of ice cream out and a bar of chocolate and then pig out. That's like the immediate reaction. But if you can question that and a thought comes in, you know, I'm, I'm, I've failed today, so therefore I'm worthless and I can't succeed and I'm a useless person. And then you start questioning that and you're like, hang on a second. I've had one treat. I've gone 100 calories over what I should have been doing. Am I really worthless? No, I've just made a slight slip up on my nutrition. It's fine. If I just, um, you know, get back on track and do good tomorrow, I'll be fine. I'll still get to my goal. It's all right. I'm not worthless. I'm not useless. I've just made a slight mistake. And then your behavior is much, much different if you're able to slow down and question the thoughts that come into your head. Yeah, and this this is a process. Like Ben's making it sound very simple here. And I think the biggest problem with a lot of the mindfulness and mindset stuff I read is they try and make you think, say these affirmations, then you're going to treat yourself well. The reality is it's quite a slow process of like, you can you can see fast fitness results, but only if your mind is already in the right place. Otherwise, you're going to have to take a while to kind of break A, the habits of beating yourself up and then the binging that happened. And secondly, the, the habits inside your head of, of just acting and not questioning your thoughts. Because you can't control the thoughts that are coming in or, or first of all, the, the things that are being done to you. And I think this is the, the biggest ex- reason why, as Ben was saying, you have to include you cannot avoid working on your mindset if you want to succeed in your fitness long term because you cannot control what's happening to you so you cannot control if your boss makes you stay late um, and you have a really stressful day at work and everything goes wrong that's going to happen you cannot control your partner or your kids saying something hurtful to you or doubting your diet doubting whether you can achieve it like we've got a, a client of ours Cara who's amazing she's got MS and she's constantly being doubted by everyone around her saying, should you be doing this? Can you really work out? Are you sure you're capable of that? You cannot control these things. You like, you can't just go and live in a cave to succeed. I mean, some bodybuilder level people virtually do this just so that they can stick to their diet. But for most of us, what we're going to have to learn to do is to learn to react in a different way. We have to learn to kind of, well, we have to kind of rewire our subconscious mind, our, our thinking so that we can react in a better way because the likelihood is like consider the reason that you're where you are now is not because you probably don't know what to do you just need to exercise and eat the right amount for you the reason where you are where you are now if you're stuck feeling out of shape feeling like your weight's creeping up and up and up and you don't know how to get back in control is probably because your mind is not serving you it's probably because you're really harsh on yourself it's probably because you get into a downward spiral and you beat yourself up and up and up and you continue to self-sabotage and you don't know how to get out. The way out is is, to definitely learn this. The mind is a very powerful kind of... uh, There's a lot going on in the mind that I feel like we're not aware of as people. So as you were kind of saying there, Rob, like if, if you have a really low opinion of yourself, if your opinion of yourself is that you are, you know, you're not worthy of happiness, you're worthless, you're useless... Even if you'll have, there'll be this surface layer of your mind where you can convince yourself that you're actually fine, 
and you're doing all right. But if deep down underneath the subconscious level is that you have this really low self-esteem, you're kind of, you will sabotage like all areas of your life. You will treat your body badly if you believe that you're not worthy of happiness. You will cause problems in your own relationships if you feel like you're not worthy of happiness. Um, yeah, it becomes like a self-fulfilling prophecy, doesn't it? And yeah. I mean, I don't know if you want to elaborate, but Ben definitely found this with his relationships. Um, I've thrown you in the under the bus now, but um, oh, loads of them. Like I was saying with the uh, just with that like washing up a frying pan situation. Um, now I can be like, you know, I don't really want to have a huge fight this morning. That's probably not a good idea. I'd rather just, you know, let this slide or like just realize that I'm just being, I'm overreacting in this situation. Whereas before I would find any excuse, any reason to like cause massive headaches and tension and stress in any of my relationships over the smallest, most minor little things. One of the biggest examples um, as well is when people try to kind of get jealous in relationships. I was definitely a person who could get jealous very easily. They're like the only, the reason you get jealous though in a relationship is not because often not because the other person has done something like bad to hurt you. It's just if you have this really low opinion of yourself, then you think like, well, I don't really like myself, so my partner probably also doesn't like me either. Because if I don't like myself, how could anybody else like myself? So you start to doubt whether they like you. That leads to you being really like suspicious and jealous and questioning all their actions. And then you end up being really critical of them. And it just it just ends up all of this chaotic behavior stems from your own personal view of yourself. This is one of the biggest revelations I got from that Debbie, Debbie Ford book. It has all of, it's called Why Good People Do Bad Things. And by bad things, it just means, for example, it could be self-sabotaging with your diet, causing arguments in your relationships saying hurtful things to people, uh, using drugs or alcohol, like it's, um, and all that bad behavior kind of just stems from, it all then all comes down to who you believe yourself to be as a person. It kind of, that book really spelled out for me how your mindset has such a big impact on all those areas of your life. You see the symptoms on the surface level, like your relationship's not working, you're overweight, you're smoking all the time, you're drinking, but the real reason is not that's not really the problem. The problem is deeper than that on a mindset level. Yeah, and it sounds harsh, but the problem is probably if the same thing keeps happening to you, the problem is probably with you. And it's this is not another thing to beat yourself up about, but I think, Ben, you had the realisation, and I've had several realisations like this as well, of like, wait a sec, because I, I get into my head, I go, oh, maybe I just need like a another person in a mm. relationship. And that will solve like That will solve this problem. Or I need another fitness plan. Or I need another this, another that. Likelihood is, like, sometimes they are the wrong person, but quite often, if the same thing keeps happening over and over and over again, whether that's binge eating, gaining weight, falling off the wagon with a diet, and then self-sabotaging and having a downward spiral, it's probably because of the way, as you said, Ben, you, th you see yourself and you treat yourself. Mm. And I think an important thing to say here is, a, it's not going to happen overnight. I already said that. But B, like, you have to go... It's, it's hard, this stuff. You have to kind of go deep with it. Um, and you have to kind of be committed to changing it. And first of all, you'll recognise it's it's actually an issue, haven't you? Rather than just saying, I just need another person, another diet, another thing. Um, 
and it's hard because you've got to deal with it you've got to first say actually it is me but it doesn't mean i'm a bad person or it doesn't mean i'm a, i'm never i'm broken or whatever i think i think some people could listen to this and then just go well they've just said i'm now broken and it's me and it's my fault and i'll beat myself up even more so what would you say to someone who might be thinking that at this point yeah i think it's very hard to even get to that point or get to that realization um as you were saying people often especially with fitness and stuff you can like you can fix the kind of symptoms you get yourself a new meal plan a new workout plan you can do well for a few months uh when you've got this new and exciting thing it gives you a bit of temporary motivation you lose some of the weight but then you go back to treating yourself badly as you were before you start treating yourself badly eating the wrong foods skipping exercise all these unhealthy habits creep back in um i can't remember where i was going with this now it was um but yeah, when you if if you co- it's hard to come to this realization because as you said, you if you think that you for some reason it's your if it's your fault, well it is your fault, <laughs> unfortunately. But when you when you're not aware of the fact it's your fault, if you haven't accepted this fact yet, it can be easy to look at that and think, well if it's my fault and I'm broken as a person, then I'm always going to be stuck in that problem, and that's a really like horrible reality to face, and that's kind of the conclusion that we come to. The that subconscious part of the mind that is just acting, the part that's telling you that you're worthless and you're broken and you're not good enough and stuff, that kind of, that part of your mind doesn't want you to accept or to realize that that is the problem. It's kind of your ego like protecting itself in a way. Cause it's like, oh, if, 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 this, if they realize, if Ben realizes that his thinking in his mind is the problem, then he's gonna have to do something to change that. And you're going to have to fundamentally change that mindset. But to anyone who's thinking like, oh, they're kind of lost here, they're stuck, and they're thinking, well, if I'm broken, what do I do? It's definitely possible, 100%, to like shift your internal dialogue, shift how you feel about yourself, um, and fix the root cause of the problem. Yeah, like I've noticed, just as a friend, there's been a big change in been over the last year since since the end it's almost a year ago now isn't it of your last relationship where I think you had an epiphany moment <clears throat> we had similar epiphanies last summer about different things but Ben had an epiphany moment where I think you were like actually I've got to do something about this because the same thing keeps happening and then in the, since then in just a year's time you're like a very different person when it comes to the way as you said you're reacting to people and things and thought processes so to anyone listening it's completely possible so what steps did you take ben for me that first step was um oh i think we both had the kind of realization at the same we both went to a breakthrough event um for guys it's like was it a three-day event i think so where we went deep into all these kind of mindset issues and that was the first time i kind of realized um a that i did have a really low opinion of myself which I probably, I think I definitely was just like compensating for that as well. So like uh, spending loads of time in the gym, working on my appearance and like pretending I was really confident and stuff. When in reality, I was really like, had a really low opinion of myself. So I realized that that was a problem. And then also how that was then contributing to all the behavior that in, in other areas of my life. And then the steps to, to fix that was basically just I'd say that Debbie Ford book was probably the biggest shift. Hundred like that that was it. That was the biggest shift. The Debbie Ford book, but then it's hard to say because I've been doing like mindset stuff for 
two, three years now. So for me, what I do gent like regularly is a combination of meditation. I probably do five to ten minutes a day, nothing crazy. Um, combine that with what Rob was saying, questioning the th questioning my thoughts. So I go through a process every single day where I just I'll work on like one trigger. I'll think about one thing that's like um, caused me some kind of frustration or stress or made me upset over the course of the last few days or the last week or whatever, or even an opinion of myself. So I think like, you know, Ben is useless. I'll come up, I'll go through that thought. And there's a process, it's based off um, something called The Work by Byron Katie, which you can look up if you want. Um, go through that whole process and question that thought and find the different possibilities of it. So it's that's the second thing, questioning the thoughts. And then the third thing was just kind of using that Debbie Ford book to look at the symptoms in my life. So look at like, what are the problems that are showing up in my life, in my relationships? And it lays out like all of these problems and all of these kind of traits you could have, and then gives you just some very simple steps to kind of, to remedy those problems. And then I just had a look at the simple steps. It was like, uh, I can't really remember them anymore. If this is the thing, I didn't really take massive action from that book. It was just one of those things. It's like that one of those light bulb moments where it was just like, ah, this is why I cause loads of arguments in my relationships and struggle with all of these other things. And then you just, you can't go back after that. It's like the mo one of the moments when you realize, uh, I'm trying to think of another big, big realization where you can just never go back from. Father Christmas um, isn't real. <laughs> ooh, or when you realize orange juice has as much sugar as Coke in it, you never can look at orange juice the same way again. You used to look at it like, oh, orange juice is super healthy. It's got loads of vitamins in it. You realize orange juice actually has the same amount of Coke as like, same amount of, sugar is like coca-cola suddenly you're like i probably shouldn't drink that it's not that good for me so you figure out yeah. one of these just have that realization it's like you know oh uh being really self-critical and harsh on myself is gonna mean i probably never have a happy relationship and end up alone and miserable and die alone and unhappy i probably shouldn't do that <laughs> that's what so i found that's pretty much it with this debbie ford book we keep banging on about why good people do bad things. That book, like Ben said, it was more for me just like a a light bulb moment or a shining a light on the root cause, like why this self-sabotaging happens in our lives. Like before that, I'd been working on my mindset every day, but no one had actually explained this bit to me. I don't know what you found, Ben, but no one, no one had, no one had really said like this stems from basically these fundamental feelings you have about yourself which I know Ben had very critical parents. I also had, or very critical, at least one parent. I also had a very critical parent, which can tend to lead to like, it's 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 had positives because it's led us to be very driven. We want to succeed in our business and in, we've been good in exams and studying and stuff. But it also has the negatives of then you also become very critical of yourself and you can have quite a low opinion of yourself. And I think a lot of people have been told things over the years or had people in their life over the years that have made them feel kind of crappy about themselves. Unfortunately, this tends to happen. We don't tend to listen. We tend to listen more to the negatives than the positives. And that's, that book just taught me that that can lead to almost all the problems you face in your life. And then the work by Byron Katie taught us a method to, to question those thoughts and to slowly over time kind of erase these, like these really uh, permanent almost scars that we had on ourselves of like, I'm not good enough or I'm a failure or whatever I achieve is never good enough. And this is the kind of thing that we've, we've found. 
like I know some of our clients had a field day when I explained that um, for my GCSEs, I think it was, my dad offered me financial reward, uh, not reward, um, compensation, incentives. That's the word I'm looking for, for if I did well, because I really wanted to get a car and I couldn't afford one. So he said, you can have 250 pounds for an A star, two, uh, 100 pounds for an A, but for a B, you get minus 100 pounds, for a C, you get minus 200 pounds, for a D, you get minus 300 pounds, blah, blah, blah. Now, it worked out quite well because I got all A's and A stars and I got a car. Um, but it also kind of teaches you some unhealthy tendencies. Yeah, definitely. But you can't just go ahead and blame these people and not fix it. So you can't go, my ex was a dickhead and uh, made me feel shit about myself. They might have been a horrible person. That's probably also because they don't feel good about themselves. But you just got to work on you. And this is what I've found. So work on yourself. And Ben, before, before I know you've probably got something to say, I just wanted to say that we also integrate this into our program. So people might be listening and thinking, I'm lost. I don't know where to go. There's these books, but I don't know. I've, I've found, I've, I've had loads of book recommendations. I don't always get them or read them. So what we do is we integrate them into our online programs. We have something that we're running at the moment called the Black Box Challenge, which starts next week. We'll start teaching some more of this, rewiring your subconscious mind, erasing these negative beliefs about yourself, supporting them with positive ones. And then our ultimate event is our Unstoppable Breakthrough course, which is a 16 week course with a two day breakthrough event where we actually go deep into this stuff. But what are you going to say, Ben? I'm sure you have something more. Uh, just when you were saying about um, having a really high standard set, I've always had a really high standard set by my parents. They've always wanted me to achieve uh, highly, which is good because it makes you really driven. And the, the thing is like, it makes you really driven. It can also have some like, you know, it can, it can have a bit of a negative affecting your self-esteem. But the, the benefit of that is if you've got that driven that's been hammered into you then you also then deal with the other issues it's caused like the side effects of you know you end up being a bit of perfectionist etc you can keep the all the drivenness and also be happy i've just figured that out as a positive but the other thing i was going to say was um uh, i did some i worked with a therapist for a bit and i remember he, he had this one exercise he was like okay imagine you're doing an exam and you have to get 70 to get a, an a in the exam if you get 75 have you succeeded? I was like, yes. Um, and he was like, okay, 70 is an A, 60 is a B, 50 is a C, 40 is a pass. So then he was like, oh, what if you get 68? Have you succeeded? And I was like, no, you failed because you didn't get an A. And he was like, look at this for a second, realistically. Have you have you, have you you passed or have you failed if you got 68? And he just basically made me see that like, you don't always need to be achieving the highest at the highest level in order to see yourself as a success in life. Uh, another book that really helped me with this was The Subtle Art of Not Giving a Fuck by Mark Manson. And one of the things that shows was, I think there was um, in the Beatles, the band, there's the obviously the four like super famous Beatles. And then there was, a, there was another guy, I don't know, I don't know this story that well, but there's another guy who could have been in the band. He was in the band like at the start. And then for some reason he, he quit, he left the band I ended up just settling down, starting a family and just living like a normal life with the family, I had like happy family life. Um, but it turned out he was, he ended up being like the happiest one. Like he had just a, a normal, happy life. He wasn't super famous. He wasn't a massively famous recording artist, but it was basically saying that you don't need to achieve massive success. You don't need to be perfect at everything in order to be happy. You just need to be happy with yourself and your own life. Yeah, definitely. And you don't need to be perfect in order to get in great shape either. 
like I've said this before, I'll say it again. Like we we see the best results from people who are pretty good most of the time. Mm. Like the people who are perfect for two weeks and then spend three weeks or two weeks binge eating because they had one little slip up. They never get anywhere because they're going forward, then back, then forward, then back, then forward, then back. And this is what yo-yo dieting is. Yo-yo dieting is also not committing to a lifestyle. Yo-yo dieting is also not not working on the bad habits and the bad, uh, well not bad habits, I guess bad habits, and negative uh, mindsets, which keeps you stuck in those loops. But it's 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 uh, it can really come from the same kind of thing as this these downward spirals just happening again and again and again can lead to yo-yo dieting. So let's let's try and wrap this up. Let's conclude this because we could go on all day about these books. So that you can use these books, or you can. Um, we can help you out with one of our challenges our unstoppable event but if yeah if you want to start for, for cheap I would just grab the book so they are Why Good People Do Bad Things by Debbie Ford I got my book off Amazon second hand for two quid signed by Debbie Ford what's the other one Why Good People no um, Subtle Art of Not Giving a Fuck yeah that one and then Loving What Is by Byron Katie She's actually a female, which confused me. Never heard of that name, is it? Other no, neither have I. Place. But if you, uh, those three books together, if you read them, really study them, implement them, probably for a year or a couple of years, you'll probably see some benefit from them. I'm not, not going to lie to you and say it's a really quick fix. But the, the thing is, though, if you're a woman listening to this, you have a massive advantage. I don't know. I, I think, I don't know how what you think, Rob. I think as guys, we suck at this. We suck at like, when you ask a guy, like, how do you feel about this thing? They're like, uh, I don't know, a bit, bit annoyed. But if you ask a woman how she feels about something, women are so much, they have such a higher level of emotional intelligence. They can figure it out like so quickly, intuitively. We do, we treat, teach this process at one of our events. And the, the women we teach it to, they will usually pick it up like instantly. Something that took me a long time to get to grips with. They pick it up instantly, but they are often amazed by the actual results of their thoughts. Yeah. That's the one thing I would say. They're still in the same position of like, whilst I can understand my emotions so much better, I'm not constipated like a guy. Generally, they're still, often most people are suppressing the actual, while ignoring the results of these ways of thinking. Yeah. And that usually still blows their mind. Once you start to get into it. So what would we, what's the one action people can take today? Go ahead and get one of those books. Um, I would I would give him a little little strategy for breaking out of a downward spiral. If you find yourself in a in a downward spiral, first of all, you've got to realize you're in a downward spiral. You've got to get kind of honest about where you are. Like, okay, I've messed up this week. That's true. But then you've got to be like, okay, that's that's all right. That's fine. I'm human. These things happen. Um, I'm allowed to make mistakes. That's kind of the short term approach. And then just realize you're allowed to make mistakes and then just get back on track. Just wake up the next day and do what you know you should have been doing, which is easier said than done. But the long-term strategy to make that happen is to actually work on your mindset. So to try and just improve your um, opinion of yourself, improve your self-esteem, try and deal with some of that negative self-talk and deal with your thoughts a bit better. And the way I would recommend to do that, read those books, Why Good People Do Bad Things, The Subtle Art of Not Giving a Fuck, um, and loving what is by Byron Katie, and I would also recommend, if you're not already, start start meditating daily. It'll make a big difference to all of this. 
Yeah, and if you want more help with those, we do teach them inside of our programs as well. So you can get in touch, or if you're already an app member, join one of our challenges, or come along to Unstoppable, and you can change the whole game for you and kind of fast track that whole process. So that brings us to the end of today's Motivation Method podcast. But before you go, we have some important announcements. Piece one is if you're not currently subscribed on iTunes to the Motivation Method podcast, get yourself subscribed today. Number two, if you're not currently getting access to the daily motivation emails and action guides found at trinitytransformation.co.uk, head on over to trinitytransformation.co.uk and get that done today and we'll start sending those your way. The final piece of this is our Motivation Masterclass Challenges. If you're ready to finally unleash your inner motivation and willpower with a customized action plan and your own personal coach and the support of our Trinity tribe, head on over to trinitytransformation.co.uk today and sign up for our Motivation Masterclass and we'll get you started right away. And last but not least, if you're listening to this show and you're getting value from it, number one, do the things that we talk about here. And number two, you don't pay us to do this. So instead, all we ask of you is to simply share this show with one person who you think it could help today. So this is Rob Burkhead. And this is Ben Hughes. And this has been the Motivation Method Podcast. See you on the next one.